AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi. I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Movie Crush, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey everybody, welcome to Mini Crush. Take two. Screw you, Chuck. <laughs> oh no. Is that this week's How the tables have turned. <laughs> now I'm screwed. I know. I'm the pooch. Oh, you are the pooch. You are always the pooch, Chuck. <laughs> Noel, do you like foreign films? Foreign films? Foreign yes. language films? Yes. International films? Mm-hmm. No. That's not true. Yeah, I do. I do very much, yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. uh, we don't talk enough about foreign films on this show. And I asked the movie crushers what their favorite foreign film was. We got 342 replies. So I'm going to leave this one up, everyone, because this will serve as a great reference point if you're not into foreign films or if you are to go back and see what uh, people are watching. James Trail says Wings of Desire. You ever seen that one? I love it. Great movie. That is Vim Vendors. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Uh, Oldest of Friends, Carolyn Gaston. One of my favorite crushers says, are we only counting foreign language or simply movies from another country? Well, I generally think of foreign films as foreign language. 
Would you agree, Noel? That's the thing. Is, are we talking about the debate now in the in the Academy? Yeah, like, I mean, uh, if a movie is made in Canada, it's not a foreign film. Right, but that's the point. It was uh, Karan did that speech because he won the Oscar for Roma, and he made a joke about how I grew up watching foreign language films like Jaws yeah, and sure. The Godfather. And well, I'm sure some of our international friends will name American films because th- those are foreign films. No, that's exactly exactly true. But my, my it, it just his, he's pointing out that it's all about perspective, I sure. guess. And so I think they've renamed the category best international film instead of best foreign language film. Oh, they have. They uh-huh. have that. That was in on NPR this very morning. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. Look at you. Mm-hmm. The scoop. So Carolyn says, um, she says for non English, Kimi no Nawa. Don't know that movie. Mm. Say, say again. Kimi no Nawa. Oh, that's the movie. I thought yes. that was the person's name. No. <laughs> Kimi no Nawa. Um, let me look it up real quick. I, I, she I says, might... no, na- uh, your name uh, must be the translation. Have yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's an anime film. All right. It's wonderful. Great. I, I saw it in the theaters. It's fabulous. Uh, Marin Bergenson says, uh, Bergeson says, the Three Colors trilogy. Yeah. I haven't watched them since film school, she said, but it resonated. Uh, I agree. One thousand percent. Did you see those red, white, and blue? I haven't seen all of them. Um, I think I remember liking red. Oh, actually, which one did I like the most? Red. I think I liked red the most. Mm. It's been a while though. I was in those early days when I was going to the Angelica to see those movies in New is, York City. Is that Juliette Binoche? Uh, no, I think what? It, well, the one she's not in any of them. Well, yeah, she may be in one of them. I was thinking of uh, of. Uh, from Before Sunrise. What's her name? <laughs> one of my favorites. That's uh, Julie Delpy. Yeah, Julie Delpy was in one of those. Pretty sure Juliette Bonoche, uh was in at least one of them. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Don't do that. What? All right. Screw you. Oh, gosh. Chuck. Jimmy Kuykendall, one of our old friends, says Amelie Noel. Beautiful Love film. It. One Love of my it. favorite soundtracks. Love it. It's, it's like all... It's all Melodica. It just sounds like a French, a little Frenchman with an accordion. You it was know? good. It's oh, it's so good. Um, the what's the the Marc Caro and Juno and Caro. Juno and Caro. Yeah. Was that them together for like the last time? I want to say. I think so. And then they sort of split. I think so. And then did their own their own stuff. Yeah. The movie I always loved by them was uh, called City of Lost Children. Wonderful movie. It was a good movie. Wonderful. Delicatessen's uh, very great. Oh, too. Delicatessen was fantastic. Mm-hmm. What a weird, awesome movie. Uh, Keddy Bredemeyer. Never heard that name before. K-E-D-D-Y. I like it. I love the French thriller Crimson Rivers. Mm-hmm. I've seen that uh, with Jean Veneau and Vincent Cassell. I love Vincent Cassell. It's a good movie, man. Um, Genevieve Flynn says uh, a tie between Pan's Labyrinth from Spain and C-R-A-Z-Y from Quebec. C-R-A-Z-Y. Crazy, but it's... It's spelt? It's got little dashes? It's got, no, not dashes, but uh, periods. Uh-huh. So it's an acronym. It's an acronym. Well, maybe. That's what the periods It indicate. would lead you to believe so. It would. Uh, I still haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth. Though. Oh, what? It's so good. Happen. It's good. It's very sad. It's uh, good. Kristen Saturday uh, Pomazel says, Roma, such a beautiful film, certainly. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, oh, you never saw Mm-mm. Roma? Mm-mm. Interesting. Cinema Paradiso, that's Jason DeLong. Such an incredible love letter on so many levels. Uh, Mark Colbinson says, The Eyes of My Mother, Italian Horror, amazing. Oh, yeah, I've read about that. I haven't seen it, though. 
Stacy Nice is the man from nowhere, an amazing Korean film. I've seen that. Korea's putting out a lot of good stuff. Korea's been putting out a lot of stuff, good stuff for, for a long time yeah. now, since like Old Boy and all that. I mean, even before. I've seen the, the the Man from Nowhere. It's like there's a kid in it. It involves him kind of rescuing this kid from like a street kid kind of. Yeah. He's, he's got like this badass assassin dude. It's good. Noah Hubbard, old friend, says, impossible to answer. Kurosawa's films will always have a special place. Uh, this time of year, my mind turns to the Christmas classic City of Lost Children. That's funny. It does have Christmas themes in it. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. And it's got uh, Tom Waits. The bats are in the belfry. Wait, he's in that? He sings the song. Oh, yeah, okay. You're innocent when you dream. Yeah. We haven't sung in a while, Noel. He's a fine actor, Tom Waits. Oh, he's the best. I love Tom Waits. Did you see Dead Don't Die? The Dead Don't Die? Have not seen it. Didn't care for it. Yeah? Uh-huh. Yeah. A little, little, little too... Too uh, self-aware in kind oh, of an annoying way. I'm interested to, see, to hear your thoughts. I watched it on the plane, and I kind of drifted, and I tuned out after Man, a while. Yeah, I want, I want Jim Jarmusch to sort of go back to his roots mm-hmm. a bit. Did you see the vampire one with uh, Tilda Swinton? No, I heard that was pretty good, I heard though. it was pretty good, too. I haven't seen it. I mean, Jim Jarmusch is going to do Jim Jarmusch however he wants to do Jim Jarmusch. He, yeah, or he's just going to tell not, him what to do. He's just going to not do it or just yeah. do whatever he wants. He does what the fuck he mm-hmm. wants to do now. Yep, That's why sure I love does. him. But, Jim, if you're listening, uh, I'd like to see you go back to your roots. Uh, Jenna Van Valen, one of my faves. Great Halloween costume, too, Jenna. Um, Train to Busan is a strong contender. It's very good. Have not seen that. No one's seen more than me, I think. Zombie film on a train. Uh, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Zombie on a train? Mm-hmm. All right. It's a zombie apocalypse situation where folks are on a train between stations trying to escape, you know, because the, the clear zone is at this other station. Gotcha. And, and, and if they can only get there, then they'll... Be okay. And I take it they're in a situation where getting off the train is dangerous. Very dangerous. And zombies are infiltrating the train. People are being turned into zombies on the train. Sounds awesome. It's really good. It reminded me of Snowpiercer a lot in that it was like a kind of a bottle movie, you know? I love Snowpiercer. Um, It's really, really good. Train to Busan, kick-ass movie. I'm going to write that down on my list. Noel, are people following you on uh, Letterboxd yet? A couple people. I haven't put anything on there yet. Um, Well, throw out your name again. What is it? How now, Noel Brown? How now, Noel, Noel Brown, Brown? Which is also my Instagram handle. All one word. N O E L Brown. Yep. I'm going to log on to my account right now. Greta Koenig says Il Postino. Saw it in high school. Really enjoyed it. Interesting. I, uh, I never saw Il Postino for some reason. Elisa Edwards, Once Were Warriors. Yeah, that's a great one about the Maori in New Zealand. Uh, that was a, another early 90s treat, if I remember correctly. Uh, Melanie Stein says, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not with Audrey Tattoo, followed very closely by La Dolce Vita. Yeah, La Dolce Vita is a great one. What a classic. Uh, Zach Pointer, old friend, says, My Neighbor Totoro. Have you seen it yet, Chuck? I have not. Have you seen that, Noel? Which one? My Neighbor Totoro. 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 Yeah, he's a big cat guy. It's a Miyazaki film, classic, right. animated. And you love uh, it, right? I loved it. Yeah, it's delightful. Miyazaki can do no wrong in, in my eyes. Oh, yeah? Yes. Uh, Jen McGillivray says, I adore Triplets of Belleville, bizarre French animated film about a cyclist 
who gets kidnapped by the mob and the old grannies that go to save him. One of my favorite animated movies of all time. Triplets of Belleville? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know the movie. I have not seen it. It's got a really kooky soundtrack that uses a lot of, like, uh, vacuum cleaner noises and, like, the sound of bicycle wheels. It's very vaudeville, French kind of sounding stuff. Very little dialogue. Uh, yeah. It's And then that, there's the same guy went on and did a movie called The Illusionist, but not The Illusionist, the magician one. This is about Jacques Tati, and he plays a, an illusionist character, and it's also animated, and mm. it's also delightful. Louis Silva says, House of Flying Daggers. Asian cinema is at a whole other level. Or as we say in the South, a whole nother level. Megan Broyles, Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Uh, sure, that's Australian. That's foreign, if you're in America. Uh, Sammy Delco says, Silk. Awesomely creepy uh, Taiwan film from Taiwan. Ghost horror film. Silk. Uh, Parasite. Haven't seen Parasite yet. Did you see it? Can't wait. I'm going to see it tomorrow with Matt and Alex. Art Riddle. You should come with us. You want to come? Noel, you've never invited me to your movie parties. That's what I'm doing. We, don't, we haven't really done it before, but you're, you're, I would love for you to come. Go you've never been seven. to a movie with anyone at work? Uh, Liar. Uh, I've been with Casey a few times, but not not a ton. But we're going to go tomorrow at 7.30. Tomorrow at 7.30. What's mm-hmm. today? Wednesday mm-hmm. at 7.30. I'm looking at my calendar. Well, maybe I'll join you, Noel. I would love that. Maybe other people can go back in time and join us. <laughs> yes. Did you say you've seen Jojo Rabbit? Nah, it's not here yet, is it? Nah, I don't think so. I'm excited for it. A friend of mine saw it in New York and said it was great. I can't wait. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, 
only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. David Mills, 100% run Lola run. I've seen it at least 39 times. Wow. David, you should see it one more time and get an even 40. Agreed. That's my advice. You love that movie, right, Chuck? That was great. It's fun. Fantastic. Uh, all right. We'll do one more here. Um, Matthew Jones says, Maria Full of Grace. Do you know that movie? I, have, I do not. I have heard of it. Boy, there's a lot of good recommendations here, people. If you want to you get some foreign film wrecks, go check it out on the page. All right, Noel, we're at tagline time. Yeah. The, the thing you've been waiting for a whole week to talk about. I'm ready. For really 20 minutes. So tagline, everyone, is that little short sentence on the movie poster. Uh, I listed Royal Tannenbaums. It's one of my favorites. Family isn't a word. It's a sentence. Uh, another one of my old favorites, Noel. Is from Alien, the original Alien. You remember that one? Is it like in space no one can hear you scream? That's it, man. <laughs> I mean, that was that egg and that tagline on the poster. So iconic. That's a tagline that has really stuck around in the uh, the lexic- in the zeitgeist kind of too. You know? I think so. People say that like almost one of the, as a joke. Yeah, one of the legendary yeah. taglines. Uh-huh. Because what we were saying last episode, I think, when I was confused and thought we were going to do this segment, is I'm fascinated by taglines because they sort of – come and go mm. like if you don't remember them in the moment um then you may it may just completely go out of your memory because it's not something that like yeah. sticks around with and, the movie. and i think a lot of people aren't even aware of them i think some people really get into like reading them on the poster uh but some people might not even acknowledge them uh, austin r debsky says jaws 2 will always have the best tagline to me just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water not bad uh, Lisa Teixeira, one of our oldest of friends for uh, Spinal Tap, does for rock and roll what the sound of music did for hills. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, oh, yeah, Suspiria. This is from Anthony Knorr. Suspiria's got a great one, Noel. The only thing more terrifying than the last 12 minutes of this film are the first 92. <laughs> I remember seeing that. That is a very bold claim. That's amazing. Uh, what we do in the shadows. <laughs> some interviews with some vampires. That's funny. Not bad. Uh, Buckaroo Banzai, Across the Eighth Dimension. This is from Michael Reed. He says, wherever you go, there you are. Not bad. What's that for? Buckaroo Banzai. Oh, I'm sorry. Across the Eighth Dimension is a subtitle for that movie? The full title is The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. Got it. I've never seen that. It's good. Is it fun? It's classic. Oh, okay. Of course. Got it. Do you have a favorite tagline, Noel? I again, like they, I, that's why I was fascinated. I, I want to hear hear them because I don't really re, really recall too many, yeah. if any. Kristen Bitsagai says Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This is a good one. One man struggle to take it easy. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. See what they did there, Noel? Because it's it shouldn't be a struggle to take it easy. Exactly. That's what makes it a great tagline. I agree. Uh, Greta Koenig says they'll get you in the end. That is from Ghoulies. In the movie poster, one of the ghoulies comes out of the toilet. Get it? In the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Get you in the end. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, boy, this is great. Debbie Frangadakis, Edward Scissorhands. 
His story will touch you even though he can't. <laughs> These are great. Uh, Brian Bissell says the original Black Christmas, which we were just talking about, says this. If this movie doesn't make your skin crawl, it's on too tight. Is this a Silence of the Lambs situation? No. Well, I mean, he no, says that's that. Brian says, what the hell does that even mean? I mean, I think that's what it means. Wait, is this like Texas Chainsaw Man? What is this? Did you already say the movie? Yes, what Black is Christmas. It? You're not paying attention. Oh, Black. Noel. I'm sorry, Chuck. I'm sorry. Have you? Seen, I've not seen Black Christmas. I've been uh, researching it recently because was it because of this show? Did we talk about Black Christmas? We did. We did. And there were some famous people in it. Margot Kidder was. That's in it, right. right. Yeah, that's why I was researching it. Uh, it looks like a, a fun movie. Um, on too tight. Does that mean you're you're too uptight? Loosen up. Square. I don't know. You know? I don't know. I think that must be what it is. Jarhead from Zach Pointer, that movie, had the tagline, Welcome to the Suck. And then it turned out it wasn't a great movie. I thought Jarhead was good. I'm kidding. I haven't seen it. But that's what is the suck? Well, I mean. Is that a thing in the movie? The suck was just being in that platoon at war, in war. Got it. I think. Uh, Matthias Larson, this is from Night of the Creeps. The good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Gladiators, and this is from David Frey, is what we do in life echoes in eternity. Eh, a little heavy-handed. Not bad, though. Uh, Ian Lyons from RoboCop. Part man, part machine, all cop. All cop. That's a good one. Uh, Hereditary, Noel. This is from Trevor Halperin. Do you remember this one? Something to do with family. Every family tree hides a secret. Eh, that's a little on the nose. That's super on the nose. They could have done better. Yeah, like to me, a good tagline has just a little clever to it and not too much. And that's not clever enough in my opinion. Um, the Thing from Jeff Noel. See, this is a great one. Man is the warmest place to hide. You like that one? Yes, yeah, because it's like a incubator situation. No, I mean – that's what happens in the movie. Yeah. Man is the warmest place to hide. Uh, did not get the movie title on this one, so maybe we can guess. From Rob Dickinson. An adventure 65 million years in the making. It's Jurassic Park. Oh, of course. Yeah. That's not a bad uh, tag. No, it's cute. Um, we'll see if you can guess this one, Noel. All from right. Brianna Taylor. Okay. Mischief, Mayhem, Soap. It's Fight Club. That's right. Yeah. See, now we're, we're flipping the script. Now it's a game. It's always fun to make it a game. Oldest friend Rebecca Robe says hot for oh, Jesus. Hot fuzz. Sorry. I just I screwed the game up already. <laughs> it's okay. Big cops, small town, moderate violence. <laughs> that's cute. That's cute. Oh, that's pretty good. All right, here we go, Noel. Right. I'm not gonna tell you the movie. Okay, all right. Steph okay. Shannon says this. If at first you don't succeed, lower your standards. I'm thinking it's some kind of rom-com. Mm, not really. Mm. That's tough because it could be a lot of movies. That's Tommy Boy. Oh, yeah. I like Tommy Boy. Fat guy in a little coat. Never saw it. Mm-hmm. Classic scene. He puts on David Spade's coat and goes, fat guy in a little coat. <laughs> and then he rips it. This was always, even though I have a, uh, my issues with this filmmaker, uh, Lisette Keel says this one. Just because they serve you doesn't mean they like you. That's a great tag. Mm. Is it an Oliver Stone movie? No. I'm trying to think of filmmakers you have issues with. Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
It's Clerks. Clerks. The original Clerks. Yeah. Which I actually liked for, that's for a fun, what it was. It's a fun movie. Uh, Gail Kuntz, our old friend, The Danger Oven, says this. Her life was in their hands. Now her toe is in the mail. Yeah, that's a that's a big Lebowski right there. Yeah, that's good. That's a really good one. Uh, Sarah Stapleton, want to shout you out for the alien ref in space. No one can hear you scream. Uh, this is from J.J. Verbino. And this is from the movie Heathers. Fuck them if they can't take a joke. I don't know if that was on the movie poster. They, they, they wouldn't print that. Yeah, I think I think that was not the tagline. Should have been. No, it's fuck me gently with a chainsaw. It's another good one. Yeah, that wouldn't be on the poster either. I don't think so. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Every family has skeletons in their closet. Mine certainly does. Ones that go back a hundred years and reach thousands of miles back to our hometown in Sicily. Ever since I can remember, my relatives told the story of my great-great-grandmother who was killed by the mafia. I'm Joe Piazza, and in my new podcast, I'm taking on a generational vendetta, visiting the scene of the crime, confronting mafia experts, tracking down Italian officials, and even consulting mediums to set the record straight on my great-great-grandmother's mysterious disappearance. And in between the fact-finding missions, I'll be drinking a lot of wine and eating all of the pasta. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Null, you've been streaming anything? Let's finish up with some stream this. And some comment card questions. Mm-hmm. What have you been watching lately? Uh, the, the Watchmen. Been watching The Watchmen. How many episodes are out? Three. Have you seen all three? No, I've seen the first two. I have seen the first one and liked it. Yeah. Uh, was episode two a letdown or was it just No, it's good. good. It, it opens up the world a little more. They're, they're gradually opening up the world. Okay. And if you're familiar with the characters, it's a fun because you it's a, it's a flip. It's like a later 
situation where it's like, you know, the events of Watchmen, the comic have taken place and this is like sometime in the future and history has changed and there's this like, you know, terrorist cult that's based on Rorschach who is sort of like the anti-hero in the comics or whatever. Yeah, it's great. But it involves racism. Yeah, it involves racism and it involves like, uh, you know, white supremacy and it's an interesting use of that world, and I'm, I'm intrigued. Totally. I'm intrigued. Like, I don't know what's going to happen next, and totally. I really, really dig it. Totally agree, dude. I thought it was great. Can't wait to see more of it. Uh, I'm on my own with this one because I don't think Emily's into it, so I'm going to have to squirrel it away. But, uh, yeah, I thought when – I was a little worried because I loved the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. I liked the movie um, and was just wondering, like, what, what are they going to do here? But I think you're right. They did the – perfect thing which was not try and make it the movie or the book and just use that world because it's a cool world it is a cool world and I'm sure we'll see some of our old favorite characters appear here and there right yeah by the time three happens zero spoilers here it really starts to open up and you start to experience more of those sci-fi touches whereas the first two mm-hmm. are a little less so or a little more grounded in like a gritty kind of depressing reality um, it's it's really fun I'm into it. And uh, but I mean the characters. Like, are we going to see Ozzy Mandius? Are we going to see? We've already seen him. Oh well, not in the first one. Mm-hmm. Really? We just don't know it's him. Oh well, geez, there's a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> if you if you if you read the cast, the name of the cast, you'd, you'd know. Oh no! Now I can't watch it any anymore. Yes, you can. You're going to be like, who ruined. is it? <laughs> you know, it's not ruined. It's going to be more intriguing. <laughs> it's ruined. You know, they shot that here in Atlanta. I know so many people that worked on it, like set dressers and like, yeah. Me too. There's, there's a whole scene where it's downtown Decatur where you see the Iberian pig. They didn't even cover it up. Yeah. It's great. And there's like a big uh, weird um, sci-fi orb thing that's clearly CGI'd into downtown Decatur. It, was, oh, it made really? me really happy. So did you uh, – Did you? I have some friends on it too. Did they give you any scoop? Because I got a little scoop and I'm wondering if you got the same scoop. I didn't get scoop, but the only scoop that I got was the how different from the comic it was because oh, okay. they were naming characters – and I'm like, that's not in the comic. There's the character played by the guy that was in O oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And, uh, Tim Blake Nelson. Tim Blake Nelson. Mm-hmm. He, he's the looking glass, I think. And mm-hmm. that's the name that they dropped uh, my friend. And I was like, that's not – there's no looking glass in the comic. So I kind of uh, knew that I was, was going to be – I curious like, if yeah. they said – because my friend had a very bad experience with a certain uh, cast member. <gasps> and I was wondering if you could co- corroborate. corroborate. You'll have to tell me off air. All right. I'll tell you off air because I don't want to talk too much smack. But, uh, yeah, apparently one of the cast people is not a nice, fun person. I bet it's Don Johnson. <laughs> oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Why would you say that? Uh, just because he's, like, so old school and, I don't know, like. He, sure. And he hasn't really done anything in a while and maybe he's, like, got a chip on his shoulder. Oh, okay, interesting. From being a TV star back in the day and a Interesting sex take, Noel. All right. Let's talk <laughs> off. We'll talk off mic. All right. Uh, I have been. I watched. uh a movie the other night. Emily and I were looking for something that sort of doesn't tax the brain uh, and is just sort of a fun movie. And we um, did a little Googling, and there was a movie that Paul Feig made last year that was very much under the radar, uh, radar called A Simple Favor. Did you see that? No. I had not even heard of it. And it's weird that Paul Feig can make a major motion picture with a major motion picture cast that just sort of flies under the radar. It was uh, Anna Kendrick and Blake Lively uh, were the stars of this film. And the guy, um, Henry from Crazy Rich Asians, 
the lead, Henry, whatever his last name is. I never is. saw that one. Uh, it was good. I highly recommend it. Did you watch it on a plane? No. I watched it the other night, like I just said, with Emily. <laughs> you just watch a lot of rom-coms on planes, Chuck. I'm sorry. I it's was... not a rom-com. Really? No, it's not. It's a thriller. I'm intrigued. And there are uh, a lot of great reveals and twists and turns. And I think Anna Kendrick is fantastic oh, as she's, an actor. She's very good. And she was she was really good in this. Paul Feig is like the comedy guy, though, right? Doesn't he do? Yeah, he, he did he, Freaks and Geeks and Bridesmaids. He's a Ghostbusters uh, reboot, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So it's a good movie. It's uh, it, it's highly recommended okay. by me, I All think. All right. I'll go with a highly recommended. I like that. I'm not going to reveal too much. Blake Lively's in it. And you know how I feel about her. I watch anything that she's in. You know, she and uh, Ryan Reynolds, they live in upstate New York. They just went, they they got a farm. Wonderful. I love that. That says a lot about somebody. It does. You know, they don't need to be in Hollywood. They can swoop in when they need to. Like Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts. Yeah. Living out on their ranches in Texas. Love that. Isn't, I think Julia Roberts is in like New Mexico. Yeah, I think Santa she Fe. Is. You're right. I think uh, Sandy cool. Bullock is, I think, outside of Austin. Interesting. If I'm not mistaken. And Matthew McConaughey, too. He's in Austinite. Sure. He's a Texas guy. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Johnson, we're going to finish up with some comment card, asks us this. What classic revered Christmas movie is overrated and you could do without? Hmm. I don't know. Do you have one, Noel? Christmas movies. I don't know. Like, I I, I don't know, man. Like, I I don't really flock to them in general. A lot of them are kind of overrated. That's what I'm saying. And you watch them because it's Christmas. Yeah. To me, the the ones that I enjoy are the ones that are like Christmas is sort of an afterthought or it's not – it's just sort of like a little part of – maybe there's a part of the story that takes place in Christmas. But like, it's not a Christmas movie. It's not movie. a Christmas movie. Like we mentioned uh, we mentioned City of Lost Children. I had completely forgotten there was a Christmas connection in that. Yeah. Um, but it's absolutely not a Christmas movie. It goes back to that debate as to whether a Die Hard is a Christmas movie because it takes place during Christmas. That, that old thing. That, that old chestnut. Surely that's not going to happen again this year, is I it? I would hope not. Like haven't we – Beat that into the ground, people. Yes. I think we have. All right. This is from Matt Cliff. This is a uh, – if you could interview anyone on Movie Crush, alive or dead, who would it be? And what movie would you want to discuss? Well, I don't know if I can answer the second part because the guest picks the movie. But, boy, if I could interview anyone living or dead, it would be hard not to go with like Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, there sure there are plenty of people that have passed on that would be great, but he's he's just one of those actors that I have so much reverence for. Agreed. Left us way too soon, and I bet would be a really good movie crush guess, would have been. He seems like it. I mean, he seems like a real serious, seemed like a real serious guy. I don't know. I think he's supposed to be a real sweetheart. Th- okay. Paul Thomas Anderson said that when he made uh, Magnolia, because his character in Magnolia was just... He was the nurse, the home nurse, the hospice nurse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a really good guy. He said he wrote that for Phil because he said that's the most Phil, like, true to his real personality. And he said, I always make him some weirdo like Scotty and Boogie Nights Uh and uh, and Punch Drunk Love, the phone sex He's the psycho guy. And he was like, I always put him through all this shit. And he said, I wanted to make a movie where he was the most like himself. And he was like, that is who Philip Seymour Hoffman is. Oh, that's lovely. I've never heard that before. That's such a nice sentiment. Yeah, it is. He, I miss him a lot. I do, too. That was a tough one. Um, who would you have, Noel, if you were 
getting someone in here? Hmm. Living or dead? Yeah, I mean, it, it, I really love Spike Jones. You know, um, sure. He'd be he, great. He, he's been such an he's he had such an interesting career trajectory, like from making skate videos to like making these super uh, DIY kind of like um, very practical, weird illusion kind of like music videos, and then parlaying that into just being this powerhouse filmmaker, and yeah. still not abandoning some of those cool DIY punk aesthetics that he always sort of start, got to start with. So he just and he also just seems like a lovely kind kind of person i think he would have he some is. really interesting things to say yeah. yeah i hope he is i do too but boy now that i'm thinking about people alive i mean i have so many movie crush wish lists spike lee julianne moore i've tried to get laura lenny on this thing like five times because she shoots here in atlanta um ken marino of course dream guest uh there are there are a lot of people i would like to get on the show but uh, i don't know how to get them everybody it's very hard to get people on your show uh, let me see here. Nikki Spaulding, do you have a comfort film you watch when you're really sad? Hmm. I always like Wonder Boys. Mm-hmm. I don't know about when I'm sad, but if it's like a rainy day or I'm sick, Wonder Boys is always a good uh, salve. Yeah. I don't really watch films when I'm sad. Like I, I don't I, either. I watch TV series a lot of times. Like I really like King of the Hill. It makes me. It's a very comforting show. I like The Office. It's a very comforting show to me. I don't get um, sad. You don't get sad. Oh, good. Good for you, Chuck. I mean, you know, if like I have ups and downs in life with my marriage, of course. Yeah, the that's sad is an extreme. That's, like I, if I, Emily and I are in a fight or something. Yeah, but I'm not like laying around sad. I think about sad as in like heartbroken and sort of that stuff. That's right. Um. I've been through an interesting period in the last couple of years, like with some, you know, ups and downs in relationships and looking for a thing and like kind of like thinking I found it and then realizing that it wasn't really the thing and being let down and disappointed. So I've definitely gone through that. But I've like really emerged on the other side of it, like with this whole new level of confidence and kind of like lease on life. So it's pretty nice. It's nice to like feel like things make sense. You know what I mean? That's great. Mm -hmm. I was was trying to think back when in my heartbroken days, I think I was more of a music guy. I would dive into music more than a movie. I would agree with that. And the saddest music. I, I was never like, oh, I need something to pick up my spirits. I would like to, I would like to wallow in my sadness sure. if I was truly sad. Sure, sure, sure. And I think there can be a little value in that. Yeah. Obviously not talking about people with depression. Um, no. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, upbeat music with sad lyrical content like the cure you know or like the delphonics for example like like you know wall of sound kind of phil specter like really lush beautiful upbeat sounding songs but they're all about breakups and heartbreak and stuff like that like lyrically Um, i enjoy that because it's a nice juxtaposition where you sort of feel uplifted and also wallowing at the same time kind of it's true it's hard to argue against the smiths no it's not for some good sad music (laughs) Morrissey is canceled. It was great. Oh, he's oh, that's the thing. It's the whole art from the artist discussion. Like the Smiths, classically fantastic. Morrissey as an individual. Oh, did not you just say best. he was canceled? Yes. I refuse to even get into that whole thing. I'm mainly kidding, but he's done some pretty gross things of late. Like uh, he supports a lot of weird right wing political fringe groups in the UK that are right. anti immigration and all that stuff. So I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Fair. So anyway, I love the Smiths. Me too. That's what I was saying. Uh, Lisa Potts says, what is the absolute worst movie you have ever seen and why? Well, Lisa, there are different kinds of bad movies because certainly there can be a movie like Jupiter Ascending uh, 
which was so bad it was wonderful. And, a, and Scotty and I went and saw it in the theater because we knew it was going to be that. And we had a, the best time. But a really bad movie to me is a movie that's not trying to just have fun and is, you know, trying to be good and is not. And the only one that springs to mind is, I know I've talked about before, is um, Wicker Park. Did you see that stinker? No. Uh, I think it was, it's not Harmony Corinne, but it's like trying to be kids, kind of edgy. No, not like, at all. No? It's it not. is It is a romantic thriller. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different one called Ken Park. Excuse me. Yeah. Wicker Park, I have not seen. Josh Hartnett and Rose Byrne and Diane Kruger and Matthew Lillard. Mm. Uh, it was a remake of a French film. I'm interested to see that French film all of a sudden. I didn't know that it was uh, based on that, but... Boy, Wicker Park was bad. Not good at all. Not even worth checking out just to wallow in its awfulness? No, because it's not like, oh, this is bad and fun and cheeky. Yeah. It's just like, oh, how could it? How could you make a movie this bad? It's like kind of self-serious, like thinks it's being so clever and it's just annoyingly not. I don't think it was being – thought it was being clever. It yeah. was just a bad movie. Okay. What uh, – do you have one? I don't know. Like the, the ones that I, I just despise, I tend to forget about. So – um, I like bad movies that are fun bad. Like I love Mystery Science Theater and all that stuff and like, yeah. The Room and all that, you know. But they, they, they do require a certain uh, a certain kind of attitude, right? Like, like you know, it's when you, when you think that they're trying – nothing worse than trying too hard, right? There's nothing worse than a film that's trying too hard to be a thing and falling flat. Mm-hmm. I like it when they throw a lot of shit at the wall and see and, – you know, and it just ends up being this total smorgasbord of like you know, unevenness and awfulness, but it's fun. But when a movie like really thinks it's like, oh, we've got this, you know, right. and it's just not – Too self-serious? Mm-hmm, too self-serious. All right, everyone. Thanks for your questions. That's going to wrap it up for this week. And uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you through our ear holes next week. Goodbye. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. 
And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.